Welcome to Blue Collar Love, a Starflyer 59 retrospective. Hello, my name is Samuel. I'm Aaron. And, and he is not the queen. And neither is Sam. But we're going to be talking about a queen today. Um, specifically, she's the queen. The um, sophomore release, I guess, technically, if we wanna, or maybe not the sophomore release. I think, technically speaking, because a lot of people um, don't consider EPs like official yeah. releases. Yeah. So we'll call it the sophomore-ish release. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It is like, you could almost argue this is like silver 2.0. Or as I like to call it, silver gold. (laughs) There you go. Um, So we are talking about She's the Queen today by Starflyer59. And um, this came out in December of 1994. Yep. About 11 months after Silver came out. Yes, it did. And, you know, I um, searched all over the internet because I really wanted to know how much silver sold. Okay. Um, and funny thing that happens is RIAA. Well, no, I can't uh, because RIAA, okay. the guys who keep track yeah. of yep. gold and mm-hmm. platinum. Well, it's easy stuff, yeah. They don't track any of that on a public level, at least, unless it gets to gold or platinum. Oh, Gotcha. I guess that makes sense. But right, as many releases get re- released worldwide, if you kept track of all of them, that would be in- almost impossible, I guess. So the only way I can think of to possibly get like sales stuff for um, Starflyer would be to like yeah. contact uh, Tooth Nail directly and be like, "Hey, can you give us some of your stats?" And, and I, then, I don't like, even know if they would know. have that. <laughs> <laughs> like we don't know. <laughs> yeah, probably. Gosh, that sucks. I, I was so curious about that. I know. Um, Jason, so come on and let us know. And Jason probably doesn't even know. He's just like, yeah, you're, oh, right. you're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. So, so, um, so she's the clean 1994. I was, gosh, what grade was I in? Eighth grade? Were, were you born yet? Yes, I was born by that point. Wait, no, I was in ninth grade. Wow. I hadn't discovered this band yet. It wasn't a couple more years before I discovered Starfire 59. I'll be curious when we get to the year where you actually discovered them, because they'll then, like, you know, kind of sync up with you. Yeah. That'll be interesting. Yeah, it's you wait till you hear. Oh, it's going to be interesting. <laughs> I wasn't even a Christian yet. I was still not even a Christian yet, so I, I didn't even know Christian music existed outside of, like, gospel and hymns. Yeah. Like, I, I, didn't really, I didn't know Christian rock was a thing. <laughs> Mm-hmm. All right, so let's go ahead and um, just to give some kind of context here, um, record sales indicate or street dates indicate this was dropped in Dece- in December of 1994. Yep. With that said, it doesn't give an exact drop date um, because Tooth and Nail probably doesn't even know. <laughs> yeah, they they uh, probably, if anything, it's like in a fax. They left somewhere in an old basement that, mm. you know, had a flood or something back in 99. Two floods with their luck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, or, you know, he left it in the original Tooth and Nail building, which they abandoned long ago. Yeah. And the raccoons got into it. 
Yeah. So, um, well, I am, I'm just going to go ahead and choose December 3rd as okay. a go-to date and give you the top 10 hot 100s. All right. Um, so, good. number 10, and um, remember earlier this year we said, you know, this was kind of the year for R&B. Um, that yeah. kind of remains true at the end of the year, too. Wow. That's, yeah, we got a couple more years of domination before our rap takes over. <laughs> so, number 10 is You Want This, the remix by Janet Jackson. Never heard of it. I know of her, but never heard the song. Yeah. Um, I Want to Be Down by Brandy. Brandy. Yeah, great. Love it. That's Classic. Number nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, number eight is Creep by TLC. Not to be confused with Creep by Radiohead or Creep by Stone Temple Pilots or Creep by your mom and everyone else who did a Creep by you. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. I, creep. It's so crazy. I almost want to say even Starflyer did a song called Creep eventually or had Creep in the title somewhere. Yeah, man. Well, actually, I think Creep came out in 93, actually. But I think it still was like around the charts and it's somewhere. But I'm pretty yeah. sure that came out in 93. <laughs> All right. Uh, number seven, we've got a little country love here. All I Want to Do by Sheryl Crow. You consider that country? I just think, when I, okay, I'll be honest. I never heard the song, but when I think of Sheryl Crow, I think of country. You think of country? I think acoustic chick rock. Yeah. Yeah, all I want to do is have some fun. You've heard the song. I, I promise you, you've heard it in a movie or something. Have you heard Probably. it? Probably. Yeah, everywhere, yeah. Yeah, it's more like, it's like, a, it's like an acoustic chick rock. I know chick's probably not the best term. Female rock? Woman? I don't know. Acoustic I mean, rock. <laughs> okay, I got you. That kind of folky acoustic. Yeah, like, like, uh, like Natalie and Bruglia, um, Tracy Chapman, that type of stuff. Okay, I got you, yeah. <laughs> Ingrid uh, Michelson. <laughs> number five is Always by Bon Jovi. Yeah, good old rock. Bon Jovi was good until the Who was a, <laughs> They were still a thing, apparently, in 94. Yeah, I think that was their last year, actually. Yeah, I think that was the last we were on. And um, then number four is uh, now we're really getting into the R&B section. Yeah. I'll make love to you by boys to men. Of course it was. <laughs> um, number three is another night by a group called Real McCoy. Are you sure it's not a person? You've never heard that song. You know you. The never... reason I know it's a group is because on the Hot 100 chart I was looking at, it showed a picture of two guys. So uh, I assumed it's a group named Real McCoy. Never heard of them. I've never heard of that song either. I hope they're doing all right. Get that royalty money. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? And um, number one. Actually, number two. Oh, um, two. Here comes the hot stepper. Oh, yeah. Aini Kamozi. Yeah. Thank you, I song. can't say that name. Aini Kamozi. Here comes the high step. But I'm going to listen to that tonight. That's a really good song. <laughs> and then yeah, number he, one. He, he, he's, he, he's up there with Bob Marley for a reggae. He's super, super dope. Okay, number I one. I gotcha. <laughs> Number one, On Bended Knee by Boys to Men. Wow, one and th- three. Wow. One and four. four one and four. Yeah, I'd roll yeah. McCoy. Yeah, I forgot it already. <laughs> 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 and so into this this musical landscape, Jason decided to send in the schizophrenic She's the Queen. Yes, release. and even better um, is when you compare this to what was on the charts in the Christian world. 
<laughs> now no they didn't do individual songs back then because yeah i'm they just weren't selling enough i guess i don't know do they do individual so, songs now for christian music yes there is a okay. hot 100 christian charts now cool okay nice um, um, so they did albums back then so i'll give yeah. you a quick landscape of the christian market before you go then. before you go let me let me venture a guess steve green stephen curtis chapman amy grant's probably going to be one maybe another one in there um let's see 94 so probably dc talk and no jars of clay yet next year maybe news voice okay go hit me with the list <laughs> all right uh number 10 is the first decade it's michael w smith's greatest hits oh i forgot about him that's right yeah he was still hot um, number nine, a little bit of the R&B love on the Christian market, Relationships by B.B. and C.C. Winans. Tell you, R&B was everywhere, and man, the early 90s, couldn't get away from it. <laughs> uh, number eight was The Standard by Carmen. <laughs> Samuel, no. No comments. Just keep going. We're not going down that road again. Hey, no. hey Aaron, do you want to start a podcast all about <laughs> Carmen? Actually, it, I will actually do that. But we'll have to make it R-rated or NC-17 because I want to put my unfiltered, unfettered opinion about that music out into the ether. <laughs> That's the only way I'll do it. It's uh, yeah. It'll be it'll be called it'll be called Carmen diametrically opposed <laughs> podcast. Uh, oh my god! All right, Carmen. number okay, seven, next. going uh-huh. public by Newsboys. Solid album. That's actually really good. I still listen to that album to this day. It was the first Christian album I've ever got, actually. Very nice. Good stuff. I, I uh, like the album follow-up to that one even more. But it's it's the first like Newsboys album where it was the Newsboys as we knew them in the 90s because they had yeah. so many lineup changes and stuff. Yeah, and like they weren't over the, I mean, even although they were preaching on some songs, like when you call my name with super evangelical song, I still, to that day, I still get, get tears and chills when I listen to it. It's great. It's a great That's album. awesome. <laughs> um, number six, an album that hasn't quite aged as well, though some people love it still. Uh, Free at Last by DC Talk. Oh my God, it's aged horribly. It's aged about as horribly as Lindsay Lohan. Keep moving. <laughs> uh, number four is a collaborative album, Along the Road by Susan Ashton, Margaret Becker, and Christine Dente, who is in a group named Out of the Gray, who I like pretty well. I never heard of them. I never heard of them or her, but I do like Susan Ashton and um, Mar- Margaret Becker. She was also in a later something called Heaven and Earth with Rebecca St. James, Jennifer Knapp, and Michelle Toombs. That was a really good album. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Out of the Gray was uh, one of the husband wife duos of that, that were really popular in the 90s for some reason. There's a few of them never, like that, but never heard of it. I don't know how I missed that. Um, number three is uh, Heaven in the Real World by Stephen Curtis Chapman. Of course, there we go. He, he was crushing it. This was his decade. <laughs> yeah, it was. Though, honestly, it's funny, because if you kind of track his trajectory, he get he somehow gains popularity slowly and then hits the 2000s and gets twice as popular as he was. Wow. You don't see many artists do that, where after 10 years, they get even more popular. I think one of my first concerts, if not the first concert I ever went to here um, in Virginia Beach was um, Stephen Curtis Chapman, Audio Adrenaline, and somebody else, but Stephen Curtis Chapman was the headliner. Yeah. That's really cool, man. Yeah. All right. Number two is The Ride by For Him. 
Again? <laughs> two in a row, man. Two podcasts in a row they were up there. Golly. Yeah, um, they, uh, they, um, this was, I remember the ride, because it's like them trying to be, it's their cool album. They're trying to be oh, hip wow. kids, and yeah. Was this around Promise Keepers, when Promise Keepers were hit? Did that hit? No, that was like 96, 97. That was a little bit later. <laughs> and then you called it, number one is House of Love by Amy Grant. Of course it is. <laughs> Obviously, this she is before the the, Yeah, before her divorce thing with, was it Vince Gill? Was I think so. No, she yeah. uh, divorced Gary Chapman, I believe. Yeah, for him. Not for him, the band, but for Vince Gill. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> she didn't get into a polygamous marriage. I didn't want to confuse people. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a oh, yeah. All rough history. Um, I bet you none of those people on that chart had ever heard of Starfire 59. I promise you, in 1994. Or probably to this day. <laughs> If there was any of them that I would take a guess may have dipped into the Christian underground a little bit, um, obviously Newsboys because their number one collaborator was a guy named Steve Taylor. Yeah, and yeah, Steve I Taylor's it, all yeah. over the underground. Yeah. That's his thing. Now, I, my guess would be DC Talk because Kevin Max Smith of the of that group, he was very indie when he went solo. He got really weird. He did a lot of stuff. So that seems like true. he would be into weird stuff. He he would probably know who they were. He's yeah. the best in my group, too. I love Kevin Max Smith. His solo stuff, get it. It's amazing. Yeah, he <laughs> is really good on his solo stuff. <laughs> and then, um, so you're right, Kevin Max, definitely. And then maybe when he got a little bit older, Steve Curry Chapman, only because, so little aside story. Okay. Like, he would take his sons to uh, concerts and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So he took a, a one, one time he took his sons to a hardcore show by a group named The Chariot. Okay. And uh, you know, they these guys come out and they're screaming and everything, whatever. They, they go backstage because you know he's huge. Yeah. And they're like, Oh my goodness, we're your biggest fan, man. You yeah, inspired wow. us to sing these songs. Wow. And Steve Chapman's like, How did I inspire really? this? <laughs> it's amazing. It's it's cool. I like, yeah, you're right. Like, like people who get inspired by people are just like, huh? Like, yeah. But you never know. I mean, you just never know. So I wouldn't be surprised if he kind of crossed paths with Jason Martin at some point during all that. Yeah, you, you know, for him was bumping, you know, silver in there. <laughs> you never know. That would be like one of the funniest things, wouldn't it? For him, if you hear this and you stop by planes, please let us know. That'd be amazing. <laughs> that would be one of the cool. I would interview them just for that. I would too. All so. right. Now that we've talked kind of about the surrounding territory, let's go ahead and jump into the ep itself which honestly even though it's an ep it's just about as long as silver yes 34 minutes and eight seconds i think silver was like 30 maybe 35 36 minutes maybe yeah so it's let's see let me check my notes here it was 30 uh yeah it's like that i don't know i think that's wrong oh i'm sorry no it's it was 24 minutes and silver was 34 minutes eight seconds and she's the queen is 24 minutes and seven seconds sorry about that no worries, but it's still very close. Yeah. And then um, at, for this album, um, I don't know when these songs were actually recorded. I think some of them were recorded during the Silver Air. Yeah. And then others were recorded at a later date. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I suspect certain ones, I think we're, we're pretty positive which ones were recorded in the Silver Session. Yeah, and I'll, I'll probably point them out. But yeah. 
Um, and then also of note is at this point, the band was still just Jason Martin and Andrew Larson on bass. Yeah. Um, and speaking of which, I actually dug up an old zine, which had an interview between them. Did you read that by chance? I did, and I posted it on the um, Twitter page at Blue Collar Love. If you guys want to check it out, yeah. So it's a it's an it's an interesting interview. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's a little background for that. So let's go ahead and just hop into this track by track. All right, Aaron, let's why go. don't you get us started with the title track? She's, She's the queen. queen. All right. Um, let me see here. Looking at my notes. Um, the, the opening to this song with the whirling guitars is reminiscent of the Blue Collar Love from Silver. And I suspect this is one of the songs that was recorded during that era. Um, um, let's see here. Maybe we should start a subject, um, <laughs> a, a, um, a section there if we go Jason's most cryptic lyric because he has some cryptic <laughs> ones. And there's a, there's a nominee here in this one where it goes. <laughs> oh god it's her body to take and bleed <laughs> what does that mean like to her body to take and bleed is she's dying is she dying for christ sacrificing is she having her period what's going on here jason um oh man song is short sweet um and another thing about the song is really weird one of course is she's the queen repeated but to me i hear steve mcqueen if you know who you know steve mcqueen oh, is. oh yeah i have bullet on dvd man Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, and also when it says the um, when he says she's all I need, I hear he's all I need. And I don't know if I'm just hearing things or if Jason's actually saying that. Um, there's a Nirvana song where Kurt Cobain he said I can't think of it now still, um, where he says one thing, but in the lyric sheet it says something completely different. But it's no, what he's saying it is completely different. So who knows? Um, yeah, this song is um great. Um, just loads of guitars um good production um give it about a six on the nine point scale very nice um so speaking of nirvana this reminds me of if nirvana played hair metal is what my first thought was <laughs> that sounds like that should be a band <laughs> <laughs> if nothing else i would dare say uh, jason probably picked up uh, Nevermind um, at some point in the past year because I see a clear kind of straight line there. Yeah, um, I can see that. I, I'm, di- I'm digging. I'm digging what you're planting. <laughs> and <laughs> with that said, uh, better production overall than most Silver Tracks, which makes me think it was recorded at a later time, actually. Um, could have re-recorded. I mean, I could... Written, written and re-recorded, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Um, Got that sweet silver so... money coming in, all those royalties from that silver money coming in, get better equipment. <laughs> Yeah, um, Blood still um, produced it, so mm-hmm. I'm, I can't say for sure. But I, I don't know. It just sounded slightly cleaner than the rest of Silver. I agree uh, with that. And then I put in there, it's possibly a reference to Blue Collar Love as well with She's Blue Inside. Yep. So it would have been interesting if this would have been the closing track on um, Silver because then it would kind of open and close with references to that. Yeah, I I think the dungeon would have been a better close because then it's like, uh, I think this is a better opener than a closer. I but who knows? It's a, I might it's just a be solid to, song though. I might just be used to hearing silver the way it is all these years, so it could be that too. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, so that's my thoughts on that song. Okay, so next up is she's she was my sweetheart. 
take it, Sam. I am. All right. Uh, I love this song. I really do. Um, sa- it sounds like a lost Beatles song, and mm-hmm. it makes me so happy inside. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know it's a breakup song, but it's darn it if it's not a happy breakup song. And, you love breakup uh, songs. <laughs> I do. I have this weird fascination with them. Yeah. And e- even at that, um, man, where's the Jason Martin pop album? Like, why have we not gotten that yet? I think we do later. Okay, it could be like argued. The, the latest, like, the latest. I think the latest, Young in My Head. I think that's a pop album. You don't think it's a pop album? That's it, more indie rock to me. Okay, but right. we'll get there. We'll but, get there. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. But yeah. even if he like, I don't know. I just really love this song. Um, the clear Beatles influence. Mm-hmm. The uh, the more acoustic um, sound to it, as opposed to mm-hmm. the the you know wall of sound he's oh, been doing. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's a great shakeup, and it's um, it just kind of deconstructs you know, Starfire Freak Nine. Yeah, um, and it says you know I think they do have this kind of pop sensibility underneath a lot of their songs, but it's so buried in the walls of guitar you can't hear it. So yeah. this is him going, you know what? I can't do a pop song. Here you go. Yeah, cool. Anything else? Nope, that's it. Yeah, I love this song too. I'm the also top favorite song on the whole ep love this song um it, i can't say enough about it but i'll try um i think that it was perfect um on the track listing right after that banger noisy she's the queen take it down nice flow um this is a sign of things to come on um the gold album that's next reminds me of you know you're mean and one shot Juanita songs like that um, the vocals are, I mean, sounds like a, I mean, he was 17, 18, and it sounds like a 17, 18 year old wrote him, um, wrote the lyrics, but who cares? The music's so great. Um, sounds, the guitar is acoustic, but it has like a little, like a, a surf guitar tinge to it. Um, mm-hmm. um, the strumming, the acoustic strumming is great throughout. Um, there's like a little breakdown. Jason does it, uh, the 51 second mark on it. Um, it repeats a couple more times. I just love it. Um, it's a great groove, like traffic jam that comes later. Uh, so to me, when I listen to songs automatically in my head, songs like go into like different um, seasons of the year. And for me, this is like the perfect spring song. Like, and I do have a, have a mix for all of, all the seasons. And this is definitely on it. Um, yeah, great song. I mean, I can't say enough about it. Um, it sounds like, a, uh, like an eight out of the nine. <laughs> Very nice. All right. Um, next up is Blue Collar Love, the Joy Electric dub mix. Uh, I love recreations by Aaron. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't sound anything like that. It sounds way better. Um, so I can't decide like which version I like this or the original from Silver. It just depends on my mood. Um, I think this is like a perfect remix. Um, and uh, and during the early ni- 90s and throughout to the rest of the 90s, really, there was a lot of remix. Everybody was doing remixes. U2, Rebecca St. James, Stephen Curtis, Chapman, Carmen, everybody was doing them. And, but all they would do is just take the song, speed up the beat, beats permitted, and that was a remix. That's not a remix. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess technically it is, but it, remix to me is you take it and it, you, you make it say something different. And Ronnie did, did a great job of this. I, at this point, I hadn't listened to Joy Electric. Um, so. I didn't, I mean, I knew of them, but I didn't know what they sounded like, and Ronnie crushed this. Um, 
it also reminds me of my, like i have a 12 year old son exactly 13 he's into this like this video game music like the undertale soundtrack since you know breath of the wild and all this and toby fox the guy who's behind the um, undertale music i hear my son playing in this room i'm like turn that music down because i'm an angry dad now and this music <laughs> it, it's i mean this sounds better than that i mean it's like video game music but this could be could sell today and it's amazing it's just like it's amazing so yeah that's all i gotta say about this <laughs> very nice oh, it's an egg. I, this also an egg this is an egg for me cool um i would agree like so maybe someday you know if we ever run out of jason martin projects we'll just switch since they're basically they're so closely interconnected we'll switch over to ronnie martin projects oh, um, someday on this podcast but yeah that would be great that would be great yeah um he uh so for those that don't know ronnie martin's the older brother of jason martin and he yep. is joy electric much like jason martin is starflyer 59 except for i think there was only like one album that he had somebody else like jeff clout was like on two albums and the rest was straight up just him <laughs> yeah and um i can't agree more that um if he would just um not that I think his vocals are bad. They're, um, he is going for a very specific sound, and he accomplishes yep. that with his vocals. But mm. if he's like re-released all his albums right now with just scrub out the vocals, I almost guarantee you he would blow up on the internet. He would be right able to now. buy a new house right, right now. Yes. Um, so, yeah. hey, Ronnie, if you're listening out there, if you want to like, I don't know. It's some easy we'll, money. <laughs> we'll... we'll, uh, we'll I'll tell you what, we'll be your record label. We'll be it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We, I mean, with YouTube, just put it out there, man. They'll find you. <laughs> so um, I do like this uh, remix pretty well. It is a true remix as opposed to... Um, just speeding up the song. <laughs> well, there's two... Re- I feel like there's uh, like a few different ways you can go about remixes. Um, some yeah. remixes are so far removed from the original song that that's not a remix. That's someone else's track. Yes, yeah. <laughs> a random vocal thrown in, you know? It's a total new arrangement, yeah. Um, yeah. Sometimes those can be good, sometimes that can be bad. Um, then yeah. there's the remixes, like you said, where they barely speed up the back end or something, or maybe they drop the bass on it. Exactly, yeah. Um, and those ones usually aren't too much fun. And there's the ones that are kind of in between, where yeah. you can recognize it for its original track, but it mm. is its own Different. unique thing. <laughs> yeah. And that's where this falls into. Yeah, um, I agree. It's so it, you could tell it's a blue collar love but song, but it sounds like a Joy Electric song. <laughs> yes. Um Joy Electric should do more remixes. That should be I like agree. like he, he could have just been one of those artists that basically do nothing but remix other people's stuff. And that's in my notes. Um Blue Collar Love, the song is it's just, it's just good a song for remixes. And I would love like the echoing green or mortal, they produced this album to do their own remix of that song. That'd have been I've been dope. like a, a single, a blue collar love, a bunch of remixes. I would that would have been cool. <laughs> All right. Anything else for track three? Nope, that was it. Okay, next up is what is next? Monterey, the lounge version, right? Yes. And I will throw out here um, this one did have drums by someone else. Um, Go ahead. By one Ed Giles Benrock. Who also played drums on a couple Mortal albums and is now currently in a touring band called the Jamestown Revival. It's a country rock Americana folk group. Nice. Good for him. Yeah, yeah I hope he's getting some money. 
Support um, these guys. <laughs> yeah. So for this track, I pick uh, a question. Why has Jason Martin not released an acoustic album? Or at least went on an acoustic tour? I know. It's, it's, like, a cr- it's a crime. Like, right now, he could just go out and do nothing but bring an acoustic guitar with him and go on a mini tour. It would cost him hardly any money. Oh, yeah, and, the, oh yeah, my the, goodness. I would love that. I would he would so need a band. Just... <laughs> <sighs> I hear you. Uh, so, go ahead. Oh, continue. Well, I was just going to get into my review of the song, but you can go ahead. Okay. Um, and also, you know, um, he should probably do a jazz album while he's at it. <laughs> um, what what I'm trying to say is, I really like this song a lot. Um, the whole entire cocktail lounge kind of vibe to it, and just mm. um, man, this it's a it's so cool to hear. You're Essentially, funny. the it's exact funny. same song, but what you mentioned about the jazz, because I agree. Um, we'll get to it in a later album. There's a jazz thing that, but I'm just gonna hold that for now. But I agree, he should do jazz too. I'm just gonna say that. But go ahead. <laughs> um, so I just really love the the chill, laid back. If he did nothing but lounge versions of all the songs on Silver, I would buy the album. I'd be like, yes, I really like this a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, man, I feel like I'm just kind of fanboying on this album a little bit, but I do yeah, really like fine. that lounge version. <laughs> uh, you think you're going to be a fanboy? Wait till the next album for the next seven albums. You'll be disgusted. Um, all right, for me, Monterey. Fun fact did you know that Monterey has a population of 28,000 people? I that's didn't. It. That's it. It's a tiny town. And that's a tiny town. Um, and also, you know, it was also a stop, stop in the Oregon Trail back in the day. You remember that game, the Oregon Trail, where you dive dysentery every time? Yeah. Monterey was one of the um, stops on the way there. It's still well, in the 20th. Yep. Well, this song, I love the hush vocals. I think I prefer this to the original because I agree. Um, I'm not a huge acoustic um, guy, but when people are talented, like Prince, his acoustic songs are great. Um, Jason Martin, great acoustics. Eric Clapton, great acoustics. Um, when it, when when somebody's really talented, they can really make an acoustic guitar shine. And I agree with you. I would just go see an acoustic show as well. Um, I adore the voices in the background because, like you said, it makes you feel like you're at a jazz club. He's, you know, you you can almost p- picture him on the stage sitting on a stool with a guitar, with a whiskey, and then the people, you know, smoking and just chilling, you know, and they're just talking, listening to the music. Um, it puts me in a good headspace. Um, it's a good vibe to this. Um, uh, yeah, I think that's about it to this song. Yeah, that's it. Nice. Oh, wait, right. no, one last thing, one last thing. I wonder, okay, I don't know if you remember a Christian label called Sublime Records. I, I remember that? the name. I've seen okay. it in my research somewhere. Okay, well, they, they signed bands, um, um, a couple bands, and um, our um, Full Zandura, which is a offshoot of the Mortal Band, had an album up there, and that record label was only around for like a year, but on all the releases, they had like a lounge version of one song from each album, and they had this guy named, I think his name was like John Jonthus or something like that, and I was like, did they get the idea for that from Jason? <laughs> because I'd never heard it was just so bizarre that all these rock albums at the end is uh, a hidden track of a, a lounge song. I don't know, maybe, maybe not, but it made me think of that. <laughs> yeah, that's a in- hey, uh, Starflyer 59. They only no. sold 300 albums, but there was coincidentally enough, 
300 bands that started right around then. Exactly. Yeah, you're probably and, right. You're uh, probably... <laughs> coincidentally enough, there was 300 record labels started right around then. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You might be right. You might be right. I've never met uh, like a casual Starfire 59 fan now that you mention it. Yeah. Interesting. Um, hmm. They, I, I think I said this last podcast, but for all intents and purposes, Starfire 59 is the velvet underground of Christian music. I can I can get that. I can get behind that. Yeah. They inspired everybody. Nobody listened to them. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. That's good. I agree with that. I was never a Velvet Underground fan, though. But And there's some crazy stories about Lou Reed. Ooh, my God. We won't get into it here, though. All right. Next up, track five, Sam. Uh, Canary Row. Can- Canary yeah. Row. Canary, Canary Row. You know, in the cassette version of this, which I had back in high school, I don't know what happened to it. But um, it, it has it uh, listed as canary, like the bird, not canary road. So I don't know which one's right. Is it? I'm guessing it's going to be can, can, canary road because mm-hmm. there's a um the waterfront, Water Street part of New Monterey, um, in California, um, has the canary road district that used to be nothing but canary, um, um factories, mostly sardines, and Samuel. Um, um, not Samuel, but Steinbeck um, wrote a book called Cannery Row that was set in that place. So it's probably Cannery Row, I'm guessing. Very nice. So what are your thoughts about the song overall, Aaron? Um, high school breakup song. Um, I know Sam loves it. So more silver vibes. This is probably one of the silver songs. Um, I really listen. I really listen to um, this song or the EP, but specifically this song. But I found listening to it for um, researching for this podcast listen to it to listen to it to a lot and i'm just a solid six um you know nothing too great nothing you know nothing right very nice not bad. the um no that's the next song go ahead that's all i got so i i too said this sounds like a silver b-side you know which makes sense it's it, um i'd be surprised if this one wasn't recorded at the same time as the rest of silver Mm-hmm. Um, though something and you're right the lyrics are pretty straightforward breakup song territory mm-hmm. however with that said they are andrew larson's lone um writing credit thus far oh wow huh yeah interesting so i think he did the lyrics for this one which honestly i was thinking that does explain why the lyrics are at least aren't so cryptic they're, <laughs> they're the more straightforward lyrics mm-hmm. this is probably why because andrew larson did it that's that's yeah could be so um i have nothing more to say about that song yeah it's it's, yeah no worries it's the most straightforward lyrics you're gonna hear on a starfire album this early on other than that it's just uh yeah it's just a a silver b-side not not a bad little track so in fact i've heard it's a fan favorite um it's kind of like yeah it's kind of like you know how radiohead they have all these random b-sides yeah, and their fans just go nuts over their B sides more so than their regular studio tracks. To the fact where a lot of them are better, <laughs> to the point where some songs that weren't properly recorded were like immensely popular concert pleasers. Yeah, and they never got recorded for ten years. Exactly, like True Love Waits. Yeah, exactly. Mm, yeah, which I'm not. I mean, that song's man. I don't get the or Big Boots. Is that it? No, it's Bishop's Robes. I'm sorry, did you hear Bishop's Robes? Yeah. I so, can't I don't understand. It's an alright song. 
Um, mm. All right, so next up, Aaron, we have Salinas. Salinas. Uh, I can't make sense of these lyrics, except that Jason is sad. <laughs> <laughs> sad in the song. Um, it's another, I think this is another silver jam. Love the drums and the late guitar parts. Um, it's a good seven song. The breakdown at 34 um, seconds is great. It just gets me every time. I love it. Um, yeah. yeah. I think that's about all I have about that. Yeah. About so I said almost the exact same thing. I said another mm-hmm. obvious B-side from Silver, um, which is just about on par in the vague lyric area. So I have no idea what it's about other than mm-hmm. um, either this guy went through a lot of breakups or he was just really good at tapping into that emotion. Yeah. One would of you like, would, would, would you would you like the um would you like to know the population of Salinas, California? Oh yeah, sure. Oh, so are these are a handful of these tracks all California locations? Because that's kind of cool. yeah, yeah, they are. I, I jokingly call this also the California. It should be called the California EP. We got Monterey, we got Salinas, we got Canary, Canary Road, which is Monterey. Um, yeah, that's like almost half the album. But there's a Salinas has a population of one hundred fifty-seven thousand. Bigger. Okay. How many people live in your hometown, Sam? Uh, about sixty thousand, I think. Oh wow, four hundred fifty thousand where I'm at. Yeah, so this is a relatively small town, all things considered. But oh. man, now I kind of want to like take a road trip through California and just specifically go I to know, that town and just turn on these it. tracks. I know, I know, <laughs> see what inspired them. Oh, that would be so great. All right, yeah. so what song are we on now? We are on second to last. Yeah. So what is that uh, one, Aaron? Let's see here. This I don't have my I didn't write the song. What is the seventh song? Um that would be the drop. Oh the drop. Oh yeah, I love this one. Yes. Um this is if Silver and Gold had a baby, it'd be this song. It's Zenithy. Um this this was a single um on vinyl seven inch vinyl that I think goes for like seven thousand babies at this point um <laughs> it's ridiculous it is is the price is insane um i think jason is um his cryptic lyrics um channels kurt cobain a lot um i mean these lyrics on this, the drop can be anything to anyone like i mean literally uh i, I don't I, yeah this song when i listen to it it means different things to me each time i don't know i love it it's it's a seven um, I could listen to it. Of the silver, um, silver E songs in this one, the She's the Queen, Selena's Can- Canary Row drop. This is my favorite of the that bunch. Okay, so um, this one, I, my first thought was this sounds like a really cheap jam session. They were just jamming in there, and um, they're like, "Well, I guess it'll work for the record." But after listening to it once or twice more, I'm like, you know, that smooth guitar texture in there. That's like, there's like. Yes two guitars he has the first one you know that's his normal wall of sound but then the second one is more smooth and it reminds me a bit of the lounge tracks elsewhere on this album and um darn it i really like starfire 59 the lounge band um they're a lot of fun so so brave you're so brave to say that (laughs) i do i do i like them i just Mm -hmm. i want a starfire 59 lounge album you know i I I want i want an acoustic tour I want it all, man. I do too. 
How about this? He 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 tours. He opens for himself acoustically, and then does the regular song. Yes, in fact, um, Switchfoot is getting ready to do that this fall. I'm excited to go to it. Um, they're going to open for themselves in a completely acoustic set, and then they're going to leave and come back and do their normal set. So, wow, I I saw the Decemberists back in 2009 during the Hazards of Love tour, and they did the um, whole album in full, the Hazards of Love. Took about like a 30, 45 minutes. It was long. I fell asleep. Then they came out and played like another hour and a half of the regular stuff. I was like, wow. That yeah. is such a great value for your buck. <laughs> oh, yeah. They opened for themselves. It was great. <laughs> hey, so Jason Martin, if you're listening, come back to War Man. Now's the time to do it. All right. Close this out, Sam. Track eight. Droned in love version, <laughs> a.k.a. The lounge version. <laughs> <laughs> okay, another gold song, I think. Um, although it's loungy, like the um, the um, Monterey one, uh, to me, this sounds a little more than just loungy. It seems more like a remix of it. Um, why did Jason feel compelled to do these lounge songs? I wonder. Was he foreshadowing with, you know... Because what I do appreciate Jason, when he sets up on this album, and she doesn't repeat himself a lot when you listen to the albums they're different he doesn't even between the eps they're not the same and so i wonder if he was tinkering around with this new sound and just playing around these these lounge versions and, and is that how he stumbled upon the gold sound that he that comes in the next one was he already there and just put those out there to let us know he wasn't doing the same thing um i don't know both versions are good though um this is the, I think that this this song, this is the version of Drone is like the twin to One Shot Juanita on the next album. Perfect closers, both of them. I mean, um, can't think of anything else. I mean, great song, seven overall for that song. How about Very you? nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I said it's even catchier. Well, as catchy as a Starfire 59 song can be. There's than tons the original. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, okay, let me rephrase. As catchy as their early songs can be. Okay, there you go, there you go. <laughs> uh, this was, it's even catchier than the original, though. And um, I've already raved about how much I, I love their lounge acoustic show thing. Um, so the only thing I would have wanted to add to this song is a trumpet solo. Would have made it sound awesome. Oh, God, a muted trumpet, too. That's my favorite sound. Yeah, like a Amazing. basically, I just wanted the trumpet player from American Football to cameo in it six oh, years oh, before oh. he was ever doing his thing, you know. Yeah. Or Flea from Rat Chili Peppers, you know, he's a trumpet player too. He plays trumpet on the Mars Volta albums. I don't know if you knew that. Huh, I didn't know that. I'm a huge Rat Chili Peppers fan. I love Flea. He's my he's my spirit animal. But yeah, <laughs> I feel you about the uh, Starfire acoustic. Oh heck, heck, man, Jason, just do anything. Yeah, we will listen Knock to it. It doesn't acoustic, matter. Jazz, lounge, rap. I'm sure you could do rap. Couldn't be worse than Toby Mac, that's for sure. But, okay. I mean, Toby <laughs> Mac has his moments. But yeah. uh, uh, but I think uh, if he did do rap, all he'd have – he basically was fit with mumble rappers nowadays. So, you know. I, uh, I would love the mumble <laughs> – Silver, the mumble rap version. <laughs> 
you know how out of Jay Z did the Purple album, which is basically he took some Prince songs and then um like rapped over them. Uh huh. Um, God, that would be so great. <laughs> so I did that first. Look, Cray, do it. <laughs> oh no, it I wouldn't. Would totally buy it. I would totally buy it. <laughs> I think it would have to be uh, an underground hip hop artist, which little known. Well, I won't say little known, but not very widely known. Fact, right now, uh, the Christian underground hip hop market is like seeing a huge boom. Um, so there's actually a lot of underground hip hop artists on the Christian side. So maybe an artist like a Psalm um, okay. would maybe do something like that. I could see him getting behind Whatever that. that is, listen to Sam. Make it happen. Your album. Pick anyone. <laughs> All right, man. So that so, and that. So, oh, what is, what's your feeling overall about the album? Okay, so um, you're, you're kind of seeing this happen live because I didn't write it down ahead of time. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm going to say for the music – um, man, the uh, the lounge versions really push it up a notch for me. I'm gonna give that a two out of three. Yep. Um, the lyrics are still really weak to me. Um, yep. I I feel like I haven't seen his best lyrics yet. Nope, you so haven't. I'm only gonna give that <laughs> one out of three. Yeah. And then overall, how well this holds up? It's um, remarkable. I, I see myself coming back to um, she was my, my sweetheart specifically several times yeah. throughout my life. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to give that a two out of three. So overall, yeah. it's actually right on par with Silver. Yeah. It still gets a five out of three for me. Okay. Um, over Or five out of nine. My apologies. Okay, I was say, wait, I was say, wait. Five yeah, a five out of nine <laughs> overall. Um, it's okay. right about on par with Silver. Um, not, not bad by any means. I Very enjoyable. I, I highly – I recommend it more than I rate it. If that makes sense. Okay. I got you. I understand. Um, I feel that way about a lot of songs. I can't remember what I gave Silver, but I think I gave it a 7 too, if I don't remember. 7 out of 9. This, yeah, the Joy Electric remix, which technically is not really a Starfire song, but it's still up here. Um, I like that. She's my sweetheart. Um, I love the lounge one, too. To me, the weaker versions are the Silver songs, which I understand why they make Silver. Um, I get it. It makes sense. Um, but I'm glad. I'd rather have these songs than not, so... So with that said, I would say this is a little bit lower. Um, um, I think it holds up well over time. Three, all the songs in the Joy Lecture, like we're saying, it, it could be on any video game soundtrack right now. Um, the only songs that don't really hold up that well is the she's the potential, she's the queen sounding songs. Um, so the silver B sides, essentially silver B sides, yeah. And so the so those knock it down. It would have been a three, but it's two. Um, lyrics are two, and then um, um, as far as the um, sound music overall, um, those I, it's three. So what's that for? So I give you about a six overall. Yeah, about a six, a little lower than more lower than silver. Very nice. Mm-hmm. So there you have it, folks. Um, hopefully, when we come back, hot we- off the presses. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Make sure and um, follow us on uh, Twitter so uh, you can get see all the cool things like design stuff. Um, we also like hanging around in the Starflyer 59 Facebook group. Every once in a while, you'll see me or Aaron pop up there commenting on stuff. Yeah, and the Twitter and the Instagram handle are at Blue Collar Love. So we'll try to get some more stuff on both of those platforms. 
between our busy lives. Yeah, absolutely. Jason Martin. Um, feel free to email us um, at any point. Um, my uh, kind of email for the podcast I do is uh, Brothers King Media BC Love or Blue Collar Love at Gmail. So once again, that's Brothers King Media BC Love at Gmail. Feel free to email us or leave some comments on this podcast. Tell us what you thought. Did you love it? Did you hate it? What do you want to be see better? changed? What could be worse? Favorite songs. Uh, Why are we yes. doing this? <laughs> What's the big deal about Star 559? What's your favorite food? Do you like pineapple on your pizza? Anything. Yeah, Dance. we'll take it all. Mm. Um, who do you think is going to win the next presidential election? You know, whatever. Yeah, it's going to be me. <laughs> it doesn't matter who, who wins, America loses. Ah, boop, boop, boop. Oh, <laughs> all right, guys. It's, it's been all right. Well, it's been real. It's um, been so fun. next up. And it's been real fun. <laughs> um, so next up is Silver. And this is when my fanboyism will become unbearable. So I apologize in advance. <laughs> uh, you mean gold? What did I say? You said silver. Oh, my God. Yes. I'm already losing it. See, I'm telling you, man, it's going to be disgusting. <laughs> uh, uh, all right. All right. We'll talk to you next time, man. All right. This has been a blue collar production. <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening to Blue Collar Love, a Starflyer 59 retrospective. Your hosts are me, Samuel King, and Aaron Anderson. Production and editing done by Samuel King. This has been a Brothers King Media production.